This podcast was originally recorded in April 2021. Hello. And welcome to the Better and Better podcast, where we have meaningful discussions and intentional interviews around real estate and realtor association topics. This podcast is produced by the St. Paul Area Association of Realtors, who creates better agents and better communities. April is Fair Housing Month here at SPAR, and we have a very special Fair Housing episode for this month's Better and Better podcast. We had the pleasure of speaking with Casey Keir from Minnesota Housing about Minnesota Housing's mission, their strategies for reducing housing disparities in Minnesota, current housing programs that they have available, and much more. This is a very content-packed episode, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Stick around after the discussion to hear the monthly statistics highlights. Enjoy the discussion. Good morning and welcome to SPAR's podcast, Better and Better. Today's guest, Casey Keir, Assistant Commissioner with Minnesota Housing. Welcome, Casey. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for having me today. Um, it's great to be here. Excellent. Casey, can you give us a little, um, obviously your assistant commissioner, um, uh, give us a thumbnail of your role with uh, Minnesota Housing and how long you have been in your position. Sure. Um, as assistant commissioner for the single family homeownership division at Minnesota Housing, uh, I lead all of our efforts and work that we do within single family. Uh, so all things homeownership, including uh, pre-purchase, home buyer education and counseling, community development, along with home mortgage programs, down payment assistance, and home improvement lending. Uh, I've been in this role for the last seven years, but I've been with the agency for 26. Oh, gosh, I did not know. Congratulations. That's an impressive tenure. I. Um, so obviously Minnesota Housing, is it Minnesota Housing or is the Minnesota Housing Finance Agency? Our legal name is Minnesota Housing Finance Agency, uh, but we do use Minnesota Housing, uh, both as our public facing name um, and uh, on our website. Perfect, I, uh, I didn't wanna say the wrong thing. Uh, the agency uh, was created in 1971, uh, and the current commissioner, uh, Jennifer Ho, was appointed by Governor Walz, correct? Yes, that's correct. And you are right. Uh, we were created uh, by the Minnesota legislature in 1971. So this year, we are celebrating our 50th anniversary. Um, commissioner uh, Jennifer uh, Jennifer Ho was appointed by Governor Walls. Uh, Commissioner Ho 
often likes to say that at Minnesota Housing, we go big so everyone can go home. Uh, one of the things that we did in 2020, we invested over $1.6 billion in funding to serve over 72,000 households statewide. I like that. We go big so everybody can, we can go home. So uh, Casey, you mentioned, uh, is it okay if I call you Casey? Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you. Um, you mentioned you are with the single family home division. Um, what uh, what are the different divisions at Minnesota Housing? Sure, uh, at Minnesota Housing, we have three main program areas. So in the office to end homelessness, we increase housing stability for homeless individuals and families. Uh, our biggest division is our multifamily rental division. We build and preserve supportive housing uh, and multifamily rental housing. Uh, and as I mentioned before, our single-family homeownership division, uh, we support homeowners prepare for purchase and improve, it, uh, and improve their homes. Uh, with the pandemic, uh, it's also about helping to prevent foreclosures and keep people stably housed as well. Excellent. Thank you. I, uh, part of my job here at SPAR, I am the staff liaison for SPAR's Committee for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And the committee was fortunate to have a presentation uh, by a couple of staffers from Minnesota Housing at the last meeting. I was really struck, one of the uh, statistics they pointed out was um, they compared the size of Minnesota Housing's uh, lending programs uh, to be roughly equivalent to the state's fifth largest bank. That's pretty amazing. They also uh, really emphasized that uh, Minnesota housing has a strategic priority to reduce disparities in homeownership uh, by BIPOC communities. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, the agency's focus on reducing disparities in rates of homeownership, please. Yeah, again, thanks for asking me to join you on this month's podcast. Um, April is Fair Housing Month, and as you mentioned, one of our strategic priorities is to make homeownership more accessible by addressing barriers to homeownership and reducing Minnesota's homeownership disparity gap between white households and black, indigenous, and people of color, or BIPOC communities. Um, as you mentioned, Minnesota has the third highest homeownership rate in the country, but our state's 33 percentage point disparity gap in homeownership rates um, between white households and BIPOC households is the fourth largest or the fourth worst in the country. Um, unfortunately, if you look at the history in Minnesota, the systemic barriers such as redlining and deed restrictions, it's no surprise that the disparity gap hasn't changed much in the last 18 years. We really think of successful homeownership as providing one of the highest levels of housing stability, really one of the best ways to build wealth. Um, and I think tackling this homeownership disparity needs to be a big priority for all of this. Um, you mentioned that Minnesota Housing, if we were a commercial lending institution, we would be the fifth largest in the state. That's true, but we are also only 6% of the mortgage market so in Minnesota. So we play a 
small role in mortgage lending in the state. Uh, last year at Minnesota Housing, we provided over $1 billion in first mortgage financing, serving over 30, uh, I'm sorry, serving over 5,000 households. A 34% of our mortgages for first-time homebuyers went to BIPOC households, which is more than twice what the overall market is serving at only 16%. Um, you know, being only 6% of the overall market, market, we can't do it alone. So we as an industry really need to pull together to better serve BIPOC uh, homeowners, uh, home buyers and owners. Actually, that's a great segue. Um, it, typically, realtors uh, do not work directly with Minnesota Housing. Rather, uh, hopefully our realtors would be uh, connecting with lenders who are connected uh, with Minnesota Housing. With that in mind, um, are there uh, suggestions you have for ways that realtors can be a working to address disparities in rates of home ownership? I do. I have all sorts of ideas on how SPAR members can help. Excellent. Uh, I think um, learning about the history of systemic racism and lending and why the home ownership disparity gap exists. I think one of the recommendations I have would be to look up the uh, University of Minnesota's Mapping Prejudice Project Great information on racial covenants and redlining um, and the history here in Minnesota. But also say uh, realtors could learn about Minnesota Housing's programs and resources. My team provides a real estate professional training course uh, that really takes a dive into Minnesota Housing's programs. And we provide one free continuing um, credit for uh, attending the course. These have historically been in person, but with the pandemic, we are offering those online. Um, I think another thing that Realtors could do is that if you have a client that can't qualify for a mortgage right now, um, don't turn them away. Uh, you know, refer them to a home buyer counselor, a homeownership advisor, um, you know, Minnesota Housing uh, partners with the Minnesota Homeownership Center. Um, there are nonprofit organizations across the state that provide financial wellness, home buyer education, and counseling services. Um, uh, you can find someone in your area by going to www.nhoc.org. Um, also, Minnesota Housing has a um, intensive financial coaching course through nonprofit organizations um, that, will, that we will provide intensive financial coaching uh, for up to four years for people with a goal of home ownership who have a lot of barriers or who are a little bit further away from ownership. Uh, you can find more information on our website there. Uh, I would also suggest connecting and partnering with nonprofit and community organizations that work with BIPOC communities volunteer to teach a home buyer education class, um, participate in SPARS diversity committee or events that you're doing, uh, help recruit new BIPOC realtors to the industry. Uh, and then once the pandemic is over, partner with Minnesota Housing at, a, uh, at different events that 
um, you can partner with us and provide uh, staff at one of our booths that we do at different events across the state. That was that were that was a lot of things that you could do. Excellent. Um, yes, that that was a robust list. I I love it. There's lots of things that realtors can do. Casey, I'm I'm especially struck by um, the kind of uh, take the long view approach. Uh, even if clients maybe are not prepared today uh, to go look at properties, jump into the housing market. Um, there are things that realtors can do to position them for success in the future. I, I really absolutely. So the um, Minnesota housing, uh, I believe it was through the uh, previous commissioner, uh, took a lead role in facilitating the work of the governor's task force on housing. Uh, then Governor Dayton had appointed the task force. And uh, the task force released a series of recommendations, including uh, recommendations for the real, real estate industry to uh, not only address disparities, but to uh, uh, impact Minnesota's housing crisis. Uh, Casey, is Minnesota housing uh, still playing a role uh, in kind of implementing uh, the recommendations of the governor's task force on housing? Yeah, we are. And thanks for bringing up the task force. I want to give a shout out to Rochelle Taylor. Uh, she was she is one of SPAR's diversity committee members, and she was also on the homeownership task force group. And she was just a great advocate for the recommendations that came out of the homeownership group. Um, the recommendations, goals, and a scorecard to measure and report out on all of the progress on the recommendations from the task force can be found on Prosperity's Front Door webpage at frontdoorcampaign.org. I think two of the goals that would be of most interest to Realtors are goal number three, which is build more homes, which address, uh, addresses the issue of inventory. The goal is to build 300,000 new homes by 2030 across all types, prices, and locations uh, to stabilize home prices and to meet the demands that we're seeing. Um, while Minnesota is on track to meet the goal from a numbers standpoint, the construction has really been skewed to the higher end of the market and we need more on the affordable side. It's an issue both on the rental and the homeownership sides. Um, the other goal that I want to touch base on is goal number six, which is support and strengthen homeownership. This goal includes reducing the homeownership disparity gap, expanding homebuyer education and counseling, and targeting down payment assistance. You know, I think we continue to chip away and we are making slow progress, but we have a lot of work that we need to do. The pandemic is not helping as BIPOC communities uh, really have been disproportionately impacted the pandemic. Um, the, on the Prosperity's Front Door website, one of the examples that they use um, in making forward progress on the homeownership gap is a group called the Homeownership Opportunity Alliance that I want to touch base on real quick. Uh, this is a group of industry professionals from the real estate and lending industries, nonprofit and community groups, and government agencies. Uh, it's a collaboration uh, 
with a, a group with common passion and goal of closing the racial homeownership disparity gap. I co-lead this effort and partnership with the Minnesota Homeownership Center. Uh, and I also wanna thank SPAR for being an active member of the Alliance. That's a good group. Great, thank you. There's there's just been, uh, I've been so impressed with uh, the passion of the group, how engaged everyone is. It's, you know, it's not something that we get paid to do. It's really about um, people who are energetic and excited in working towards closing the gap. Casey, you mentioned it, but I, I think it bears repeating. Uh, it, I really would encourage uh, listeners to check out the Pros Prosperity's Front Door website. Uh, and again, it's Front Door Campaign, all one word, dot uh, org. Uh, I, I think what I'm really struck by, uh, occasionally there are blue ribbon commissions or task forces assembled. Uh, they do a final report and then occasionally the final report ends up somewhere and you don't really see a lot of movement on it. Um, but I have been really positively impressed. Uh, front door campaign uh, issues regular reports about, hey, this is a huge challenge Minnesota is facing, but here's what is really going on and here is how we're attempting to move the bubble. Yeah, and I think that was one of the goals of the group is that they didn't want to create a report that sat on a shelf. They wanted to be able to create recommendations that could be measured and could continue over time. I think they've, they've done a good job doing that. So uh, inventory, very, very hot topic. Everybody's talking inventory. Um, People tell me if there were more properties on the market, uh, they have uh, clients who are approved, ready to go, uh, and they would be able to uh, work with even more clients uh, to get them into home ownership opportunities. Um, realistically, um, are there constructive ways uh, that Minnesota housing can affect inventory? Yeah, most people are familiar with our startup and step up um, first mortgage programs along with our down payment assistance programs. What they don't know is that we have a um, community initiatives division in our in single family that manages uh, an annual consolidated request for proposal process. Um, we also refer to it as the impact fund. Uh, it's a competitive process that provides deferred loans and grants to support the development of new affordable housing or the rehab of existing housing uh, to improve the housing stock. And it also provides affordability gap or down payment assistance that addresses specific community needs. So last year, we provided over 17 million in resources to support over 500 new and existing single family homes. Um, it, it doesn't hit entire need that does help and every new home helps as far as the inventory is concerned. Uh, we also last year um, uh, received 
100 million in housing infrastructure bonds from the state legislature that had previously only been used for multifamily rental housing uh, and community land trusts. And that has since been expanded to be used for single family development and um, preservation. So we'll be excited this year to implement, implement that within our uh, RFP process, which will be issued in April. Uh, we're also trying to do some new things. Like um, last year, we kicked off a new manufactured housing infrastructure program and workforce homeownership development program, which also uh, helps to support new development and um, uh, different types of housing. So if the trades, uh, if it's easier for the trades to find employees, uh, if there are new approaches to building houses uh, that might impact inventory significantly. Yeah, and um, through our RFP, that is one of the things that we promote is looking at ways to innovatively uh, improve housing stock, looking at modular housing, looking at manufactured housing, looking at technology used in building. So we, we are looking at all of those options and encouraging developers to also look at ways that we can uh, help improve technologies and create more housing. And I think one of the things too that's uh, currently on the uh, Prosperity's Front Door website uh, is there's there's been some innovation in building techniques. Um, and I, I believe there might even be a conference coming up. I know the first one occurred last year, uh, but a lot of that gets into some of that modular um, development. Interesting, there, uh, there's a lot of interest in that area right now. Uh, just over the weekend, there was an article in the Star Tribune. Um, I, I think kind of the old view of manufactured housing or modular housing, um, people, it carried some negative connotations, but I, I think that's changing. Yeah, I agree. And if you look at some of the new housing that's coming out of modular and manufactured, um, they're really well built. They are energy efficient, and a lot of them you can't even tell that they're modular or manufactured. That's very cool. I, I am fascinated by that topic. The uh, I was you mentioned uh, the um, funds that are available through the agency for home repair or home fix up. Uh, it, is that a large component of what Minnesota Housing does? Yeah, actually, um, we do a significant amount of home improvement and rehab. So we have what's called the fix-up loan program. We actually just increased um, the loan amounts under that program. So we provide fixed rate, uh, low interest rate loans for home improvements. Um, we increased our unsecured fix-up loan amounts from 15,000 to 25,000. And for secured home improvement loans, uh, we recently increased from 50,000 to 75,000. So you can do a pretty significant amount of improvements through that program. Um, you know, what we've been seeing is that along with a lot of people wanting to buy new homes. The people that are already in homes are wanting to improve the homes that they're in. Um, and with increasing costs of labor, materials, 
the cost to improve homes has gone up significantly and we, we really needed to increase that amount uh, to accommodate for that. We also have a rehab loan program um, for families at below 30% AMI, which offers up to $27,000 um, um, as a forgivable loan to do emergency health um, and safety repairs along with accessibility and energy efficiency. Casey, if, uh, is that information available on your website or should uh, listeners uh, contact a uh, partner lender uh, for details on those programs? Yes, so um, like the Startup and Step Up programs, um, all of our programs are administered through lenders across the state. Uh, you can find a participating lender through our website at um, mnhousing.gov. And there's a section that talks about um, uh, home improvement loans and mortgage loans. And you can click on that and find a participating lender in your area. area. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, you mentioned the uh, startup and the step up uh, loan programs. Um, startup, I'm assuming first time home buyers, uh, step up for uh, uh, second homes. Uh, any changes to uh, the uh, levels or uh, family income or acquisition costs under these programs? Yeah, kind of all of the above. Um, again, as we've been seeing home prices increase, we do an assessment of our programs each year. Um, we also uh, update our income limits and purchase price limits every year. So another, another important piece with startup and step up loan programs is that they can be uh, paired with a Minnesota housing down payment and closing cost loan. So we provide up to $15,000 uh, for a 0% deferred loan or up to $17,000 for an amortizing monthly payment loan. Um, these were just recently increased. So those are our higher um, loan amounts for down payment assistance. Uh, the metro area income limits can be as high as 118,000 for the startup program or 154,000 for the step up program. Uh, and uh, the purchase price limits are 340,000 in the metro for the startup program or 382,000 under the step up program. There are also significantly higher limits for duplexes as well. Excellent, I appreciate the detail. Casey, I'm really struck by uh, the number of ways that uh, individual realtors can uh, be involved in addressing housing disparities uh, in Minnesota. Uh, any, any parting thoughts on this topic? Well, I think for right now, the homeownership market is hot. Interest rates are low, inventory is low, Prices are up. Competition is fierce for homes at the lower price points. Um, I think one important thing to remember is that it's a great opportunity for home ownership right now. We also want to make sure that we don't forget about the homeowners who are struggling, um, the ones that are financially impacted by COVID-19. Uh, last month, 
American Rescue Plan approved $10 billion in direct homeownership assistance, which will result in at least $50 million for struggling homeowners in Minnesota. So if you know of someone who's struggling, the Minnesota Homeownership Center has foreclosure prevention advisors that are free, can help homeowners navigate through their specific circumstances. And please check back at the Minnesota Housing website. As we get more information and guidance for Treasury, we will update the program and we'll set up an email list for that. But what I wanna leave you with is there are great programs and down payment resources that can help your clients achieve homeownership. There's great partnerships that you can create at the agency with nonprofit housing providers or with the Homeownership Opportunity Alliance members. There's a lot that you can do as a realtor to help close the homeownership gap. So I, I appreciate um, Joe reaching out to me um, and taking the time and thank you to everyone who's been listening in and thank you for your partnership. Hey, Casey, thank you so much for uh, doing your homework, for being here today. Uh, happy Fair Housing Month and uh, uh, happy 50th anniversary to our, our friends at Minnesota Housing. Thank you. again Casey Keir for coming on the Better and Better podcast and presenting what's going on at Minnesota Housing and talking about how Realtors uh, can be involved. Before going on to the monthly statistic highlights, we want to remind you that April is Fair Housing Month. Fair housing is more than a list of do's and don'ts, rights and penalties, and mandatory continuing education. Because of this, SPAR is calling on all SPAR members to take the Fair Housing Declaration. The declaration is a commitment to being an advocate for fair housing and an agreement to uphold ourselves to a high level of professionalism. So stand with us and take the declaration at spar.com forward slash fair housing. Together, we can create a better community for all and be advocates for fair housing for all. And now for the monthly statistics highlights. These are for the month of March 2021. You can find these statistics and more at spar.com. Normal spring increases in sales activity coupled with relaxing COVID-19 policies created a very busy March real estate market as buyer demand continued largely unbated in the face of rising home prices and mortgage rates. Existing home sellers and new construction activity continued to remain below levels necessary to bring the market back into balance, pointing to a busy and competitive buyer market in the coming months. New listings in the Twin Cities region decreased 11.6%, pending sales were up 12.1%, and inventory levels fell 50.7%. 
prices continued to gain traction again this month. The median sales price increased 10.3% to a little over $327,000. Days on market was down to 38 days, and sellers were encouraged as monthly supply of homes for sale was down 52.6%. While many home builders are working to increase their activity, the cost of lumber and other materials and the backlogged supply chain continue to limit new home constructions and have increased costs substantially. New methods of construction, including 3D printed homes, could speed construction and reduce costs in the future, but realistically are several years away from making a measurable impact in the market. We hope you enjoyed this Fair Housing Month episode of the Better and Better podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to share the podcast with someone who you think would be interested in hearing it. Until next time, have a great day.